Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. Unlaced podcast. Actually, not bad. It's really good, bro. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. <clears throat> Appreciate everyone that's been tuning in, all the subscribers, all the people liking. I can't thank you enough. Um, as we always say, I just want to acknowledge everyone out there. You guys are the best. I'm going to be honest. I'm pretty fucking excited today because I've been watching this man's journey for a while, like probably most people uh, in Isaac, Ice, John, uh, documenting his YKTR and YKTR sports journey. Ice, man. How you doing, bro? Good brother. Thanks for having me on. No, it's a, it's a pleasure, man. Um, I'm big on content creation. Like I absolutely love it. I watch YouTube all the time. So I'm pretty inspired by your journey and what you're doing. But the element of why I'm also interested in you is because you've come from a, a sporting background and it kind of fascinates me as well. So I did want to just dive into that before we get into some of the stuff you're doing now. But you grew up in New Zealand, right? Yeah, I grew up in a small town called Tukuroa, roughly about uh, ten to 12,000 people, sort of notable sports people at the moment. We Quay Cooper. Uh, he was sort of my best mate growing up. Joseph Manu is probably arguably one of the best centers in the comp right now, unless Tommy Turbo is playing there or Latrell. Um, and Zane Tedavano as well. And we've had a few All Blacks, so that was sort of the town I grew up in. Uh, very, very tiny and a close-knit community, considered to be rough, but we all love sports, so it was pretty good. Amazing, man. And then I guess... Growing up in New Zealand is naturally also an affinity and love with rugby league and rugby union. So I assume that was a natural relationship that stemmed with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Guess- my dad was always my dad was always sort of my football coach as well. So from like under sixes to like sixteens, um, like I always played with my best mates. And in our hometown, we actually had one union side and two league sides. So um, in the smaller in the smaller country towns, our league's a little bit more dominant. So. Played, played a lot of league. I didn't play too much rugby growing up. Um, a lot of people thought I would have, but I was, my dad used to hate rugby. So <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So if we go into your NRL career, because like you look at the clubs you play for, I mean, it must have been a dream for any Kiwi to play for the Warriors. Like even for me, I live in Melbourne. I'm a Melbourne Storm fan, but I always admire the Warriors because they're just always an elite team. Um, for an Aussie to play there, it's, it's still quite a momentous thing too. So playing for, playing for the Warriors, that must have been pretty special to make your debut in the professional league. Um, of the yeah, country. It was, it was cool because, like, when I grew up, we were like 01, 02 Warriors. I would have been about 10, 11, 12. And that's when they're making grand finals and they kind of um, reinvented football with the offloading styles, guys of like Ali Lawatiti and Stacey Jones and guys like that. So um, they, they were new, my favorite team, but I always supported them as well. I used to support Newcastle Knights because of Joey Johns, but. Right. Grow up in New Zealand and, and you're in high school and you're getting signed to the Warriors as a pretty cool vibe. And I uh, rolled into 20s and we had a pretty stacked side there as well. So um, it's one of those ones where you're like, oh shit, I'm going to be here forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this, yeah, this is what's interesting to me though, because the way I think you, your career you played across the NRL was, was roughly six years, uh, which is actually probably longer than average for most players, right? But throughout that whole period, did you always have an idea that you wanted to do more than just league? Like, did you always have an interest, an active interest in business and other things? Um, I, 
my parents are two very different people where my dad was always my football coach and he was like sports, 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 make sure you work hard and make sure you're training when no one else is training. When my mum was very educational, um, she's like, uh, if you don't do well in school, you can't play football. And obviously I done, I done well in school, but I was just lazy. Like I just had yeah. no interest. In it. Um, so I was smart enough to get my grades just past, like I was in all the smart classes, but I was just doing enough just to get past just so I could play football. Um, so that was sort of my mentality. So as I got a little bit older, I started to get injured a lot and um, had a guy push me towards reading books. And when I started reading books, I was reading about autobiographies because I was in sports. And then um, obviously you start to get a little bit bored and you want to be challenged and it sort of moved into self-development and then business. Yeah. And but I found myself reading books and, and reading about entrepreneurship and getting more excited about that um, than I was about sports. So that was kind of like my cue for me to leave. Yeah. I mean, like you, you are in my eyes, a serial entrepreneur in the sense of like what you guys are brewing and building. Um, I always liken it to basketball sports and I know you're a big Dave Portnoy fan like me, but um, like when did, when did the YKTR journey really begin and, and did it overlap with footy or was that sort of when you had come out by then? Um, overlap with football. I was remember like, I was kind of like, I didn't really have guaranteed contracts for, for a while. I was coming into my last year of my, pen of contract and I just I just found myself always like thinking about other things and it was never about football I was more worried about going out and traveling and and like yeah. reading and making content and I was into making like vlogs like four or five years ago and I, I didn't yeah. know they were even called vlogs I used to just like filming shit and taking photos and like people see Kaelin Ponga and, and stuff like that and they're considered cool because they take photos but when I was taking photos when I was a footballer I was, I was like lame and yeah it's kind of gone like full circle and that and that sort of thing um, but yeah, it did overlap because the two guys I lived with, we just started saying YKTR as a bit of a joke and, um, we got it printed on a t-shirt. So we were kind of party boys at the time. We just wanted to go out and, and rock our own shit. Yeah. We're rocking, but, um, yeah, I don't know. We just had a couple of people going, oh, can we buy that? And then kind of just grew from there. So for those that don't know YKTR, you know, the rules is what it stands for. The clothing you guys make, and I assume a lot of that's coming from you or you've got some creative freedom from, from other people and support as well, but. Like that must, where you see that now um, in comparison to where it started must be pretty fulfilling and pretty exciting. Like you're doing drops of, of clothing that's literally um, being bought out and sold out in minutes now, which is just insane. Yeah, it's scary. It's it's like um like when I see the type of stuff that's happening, it's stuff I sort of associate with American brands. Like obviously I wouldn't put myself in the same category as Supreme, but people are buying stuff just to flip it. So yeah, yeah. Start, start of this year where... Uh, we're dropping hoodies for like, we sell them for like 110 120 and people will put them online for 350 400 bucks like australian and and selling them as well they're not just like throwing them out there and go this is the magical number they were selling that so we actually got a bit of a backlash because they're like oh like all oh, your day ones have been here and we can't even get it because all these scalpers and i'm just like oh. <laughs> there's nothing i could do if i if i was creating a, a market like sell page underneath YK, yktr that means i'd be promoting it yeah I'm actually not. So, um, yeah, it's been crazy. And like, Elf, and like, when I come into this clothing game or fashion, whatever you want to call it, uh, I used to think like, oh, if we ever got in general pants, like that, that'll be it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. As you start to understand sort of the industry, and and you realize that 
um, General Pants actually own all the brands with him. You, you've got this plethora of options, but you're not. You're just buying from the same people and they're whacking different tags on it. Same with Culture Kings as well. But if you really pay attention and you understand fabric and looks and stuff, like you'll see it, it starts to all look the same. And then it's because it's all made in the same factory. They just whack different labels on it. So um, once I learned that, I was like, I don't think I really want to be in those types of stores anymore. So yeah, um, we just sort of built our own thing and, and sort of rolled from there. Man, it's pretty cool. There's actually a guy in my soccer team now um, who is wearing, who's got the hoodie that you had. And I'm like, dude, how did you get it? He's like, oh, my missus was online just waiting for it to drop. Um, so that's just kind of, that's kind of like what it's like. And people are flipping them. They're trying to make profits off it because it's just, it's that wanted, the gear. Yeah, YKT, YKTR Sports to me is something I, I watch a lot of content. As I said before, 10 in the can. I love horror. Jordan Simi is probably one of the funniest guys going around. I mean, whatever he touches just seems to be... Uh, going to gold but i'm just interested of, of why you opened that door up for yktr and i'm excited I, I guess really to see where you see that going as well um yeah so the kind of started off the back of australian sports media and especially in rugby league i didn't really enjoy uh, much of the content you look at fox sports a lot of the guys are no one's under 36 7 8 um up to 55 and a lot of their shows are just complaining about um the the sport in general. And a lot of those guys that come from newspaper transitioned over to um, TV. And um, once you understand the business model of media, the more negative it is, the more open rates you get, the more advertising you can charge. And a lot of the content doesn't actually have to be true. So that was sort of my first pain point. Um, but the other one was sort of drawing inspiration from American media where like basketball is my second favorite sport. I don't yeah. sit there go from first quarter to fourth quarter. And I think that's starting to happen with rugby league where I'm more interested about like what's LeBron wearing? What, what what's his family up to? What is, what does James Harden eat after a game? Like that, that's the type of content I've always, 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 always been interested in. I just didn't feel like anyone was making that. And I didn't feel like the Fox sports model was going to cater towards that because it's it's tailored towards the older generation, a TV generation where we're more internet kids. We we want we want something short, sharp. We're more highlights. Like House of Highlights is one of the biggest pages. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So um, we're never gonna we're never gonna overtake Fox Sports in the news space or gossip columns or anything like that. And they can control the game, but um, there's this magic space between Monday and Friday. Like, what's the boys up to? Yeah, I think that comment you mentioned is really interesting because I do feel like. Uh, similar to what bloke in the bar is doing yourself's doing there's other sort of content creators out there it's almost like new age media when documenting sport like it's more interesting for the younger generation i feel um and connecting with players and also personalities like yourself like people like horro um where it's just a little bit more i don't know how to how to say it it's not censored it's it's fun it's interesting but there's like genuine intelligence to what you guys are delivering around the nrl is that a little bit of the concept you're talking about when you speak about some of the stuff you're pushing out, particularly on rugby league? Yeah, yeah, it's like strategy. Like, obviously, I mean, you love Dave Portnoy and, and like he talks about yeah. sports, but it's it's so like, like, if you think of traditional media, you have to go through like, a, there's, a, there's a pathway before you can actually even get on TV with the internet. Um, we can just go direct to consumer as well. So I've always loved the balance of entertainment and education. And um, like, as, as fun as like, like when you sit in school, there's, there's a teacher there. You remember your fun teacher, the one that could teach you as well. You look at a lot of TV right now, it's kind of just like, oh, and obviously they have to answer to a board of directors and all those sorts of guys. With YKTR Sports, it's just me and, and Bloke in the Barge, just Denon, you know what I mean? Through all these different processes to get the show um, started, it's basically the boys rock up and go, I've got an idea and if it's good, I'll go with it. If it's bad, I'll say no. Um, but then we just roll from there. And, and if, it, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And the thing with us is like a lot of our boys have been in trouble in the past as well. So... <laughs> 
we've, we've never really we've never really shied away from that uh we just kind of just keep rolling with it so it's just part of our dna yeah, yeah i feel like it works in your favor a little bit as well because you guys are just real and more <laughs> the, the authenticity is what connects with people in some regards because no one's perfect but um yeah, uh your uh nrl journey and i just like to go back to the athlete of, of isaac john like the skill sets and applications that you got out of being an NRL athlete and, and also prior to that, obviously wanting to be an NRL player. Do you think that's helped you transition into business? Some of the fundamentals that sports given back to you? Yeah, of course. And a lot of them is like not things you would actually even think about. It's more so the fact that like, man, if you're doing all the right things off the field, like you get results. So in sports, you're measured by score lines and, and wins and losses In business you're measured by money. Losses. So man, when I find myself like, when I'm training and when I'm like eating right and, and doing <laughs> yeah. all the right things off, like just say off the field or out the office, like my business seems to go with it. And um, I'm fortunate enough where I've got multiple streams of revenue. And when I'm consistent with those types of things, it's weird, bro. So like I'll be going for a run and like teaching, like money would come through for personal things. It's, it's this weird little vibe, man. And um, just having that balance inside and outside is really important. But a lot of other things like culture, like I'm starting to build a team now. So you sort of realize like Simi's a great example where in terms of content, he's probably the most talented, but then he's got like <laughs> off-field issues. Like, yeah. all the time, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have a meeting with him every week, man. Like, just, bro, like come on, bro. That's what I was about yeah, to yeah. say. You're having constant board meetings about the best player. Like, is it, is it worth the hassle? But I mean, definitely is. Like, and this is the other aspect, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got the YKT, YKTR sports banner, but like, then if we just focus on Simi for a second, like, he's, he's Jordan's room. I mean, it's almost like a bit of a love podcast. Like, it's so much banter in it. So, the, I, I take it there's sort of no really limit to what you want to produce and what you associate with YKTR in a way, like the food blogs, for example, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you look at like things that people care about, like sports is only one of them, like food, people care about food, people care about music, people care about culture. So yeah. we're trying to cover all these different aspects across a lot of different things. And, and Jordan's room was kind of built off the back of Call of Daddy. That's pretty much one of the biggest ones, but it's a little bit harder because I think girls will talk to girls a lot more about sex and, and relationships where you got a guy kind of like prying. It, it's kind of a weird scenario, but <laughs> like, it kind of works. So yeah, he, he's going to cover that aspect as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that we actually did want to talk about. Like he, he put up a blog not too long ago, like um, five ways to masturbate. And yeah, yeah, dude. I, yeah, yeah. Sex positions on a Sunday morning and stuff. Like it's crazy, man. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> but no, do you, like, I think you're quite, not necessarily unique, but in some regards, like, I think you're, I wouldn't say lucky, but it's just awesome how you've naturally transitioned into a passion. Because like, I feel a lot of athletes when they come out, like I experienced it and, and there's multiple athletes, I'm sure you know as well, that have kind of been challenged with like, oh, I've been so defined as that footy player now. Who, who am I going to be? Who's Isaac John going to be? You've had like a pretty flawless transition. And I just, I just wonder if, if that was planned, if that's just happened, if you've learned this passion as you've gone on. Um, yeah, I just never at attached my whole identity to a football player. Like I was never like, this is me. And like, even when I used to go out and I was single and girls used to be like, oh, what do you do? Like, I'd never say that I was a football player. One, there was a negative stereotype off the back of it as well. But like, I just didn't want to be associated as purely as a football player because I had a negative stereotype in and around it. And I always saw myself as someone that had multiple interests. And like I said, I was into photography and making videos and reading books. So I'd always try and steer the conversation that way. So, and in saying that, bro, I was never like 
a superstar. I was, I was a fucking average player in NRL. So from like average player to normal life, it's not, not too much different. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, man. I played in the A-League and I was, a, I was in a bang average player there. I'm practically a normal person. But um, but hey, to be fair to you, you do have a cap for the Kiwis. I mean, that's like a cap for Brazil in the soccer world. That's the, you, you can't discredit that. But like, because when, when people look at you from the outside, I mean, like I'm going to get into a little bit about you and your lifestyle because it's pretty insane. But People look at you from the outside and they're like, man, that guy's motivated. Like he's going after what he wants. But you come, your kind of rebuttal to that is like, man, I'm just doing what I love. Yeah. I mean, that's a big difference, right? Can you kind of explain that to me a little bit? Because to, on the, on the spectrum, that's, it's a little bit hard to understand because people usually think I love something. So I'm motivated. Therefore you don't feel like you're working when you do this. Yeah. So like I see motivation as two different things. One, someone who's super disciplined. You look at someone like Sonny Bill Williams and, like he'll wake up and he'll be tired, but he'll go like, he'll go out and do his boxing training or he'll go out and do his league training. And he's just not lazy. He's disciplined. And anyone from the outside looking in, he's going, nah, he's motivated. He's motivated. Nah, he's not. Yeah, he's right. disciplined. There's a difference where the other side of it is like, I'm just having fun. Like this, like starting businesses is fun to me. I want to start two new businesses pretty soon. And this is fun to me. So from the outside looking in, I look motivated. So like, if you think of us as kids and we wouldn't get off a PlayStation, man, if your parents um, didn't say like, hurry up and get off there and go, he's so motivated to play PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. We put motivation on, on different um, aspects of life. And for me, this is just fun. So I look motivated, but I'm not. I'm just having fun. That's awesome. That's awesome, bro. Uh, I'm interested, like, because I'm creating content as well. Like, I've, I've, dude, I've got to learn how to edit, man, because that, that I think is critical. But for you, what, what is critical when you think about content creation and success? Um, three, three types of content like that people pay attention to one good looking people. If you're good looking, you're going to get, um, social credit. You're going to get followers. You're going to get likes. That, that rules me out. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Does. <laughs> um, and then the other part of it is either entertainment or education. Where do you fall under that? So can you educate someone? You, you, if you can educate someone in something, they're going to pay attention to it, whether it's sports, whether it's self-development, you look at guys like Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Gary Vee's my guy. They're always going to be relevant because they're teaching you skills that you want to have. And then there's entertainment entertainment comes under multiple different things if you can make someone laugh you can make them do anything um if you like music if you can tell stories but the combin but the key is to get the combination of um a bit of the both you know what i mean you want to be educational but have entertainment aspect behind it and is, is that done through tone is that done through analogies is that done through storytelling man that's just something you're going to have to figure out and then if you've got the good looking part as well and you can do yeah, I love that. Yeah. But one thing cre is creating content, but then the other part is getting it out there. And like you guys are creating consistent content every day, like vlogs, podcasts. Um, is there like much thinking and brainstorming behind the marketing aspect to get that reach? Cause I assume that's developed over uh -huh. time. Yeah, a lot of it's touch points as well. And a lot of it's like you said, like I've been making content for like four years now and pretty consistently and um, like, you just you start to get an eye for it. You start to see things that you know will work, know what wouldn't work as well. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's just touch points because there's not like we're not we're not always trying to sell you shit. It's all about touch points and trying to get people um, interested in us. And then when it does come time to sell, um, we're able to sell. So that's 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 kind of the strategy behind it. Yeah. Okay. And podcasting, like when I think of YKTL, like podcasting is a huge part of what you guys do now. Why do you put, I mean, I'm a, obviously a huge podcast fan given I, I, have, I have my own, but why do you put so much emphasis on podcasts? And, and I guess, where do you see that market going? Great thing about podcasts, bro. You can listen to them anywhere. You can't watch a movie like while driving yeah. a car.
Well, podcasting reminds me of vapes. You know, everyone's into vaping now. Yeah, I say Simi smokes more all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the boys smoke vapes in, in my office, but, like, I'm like, oh, I don't care because it smells nice. And what is what vaping has done is opened up the whole world on places where you can smoke. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, what, that's what podcasting is. Podcast has just opened up to the whole world. Like, you can, you can work and listen to a podcast, go for a run, listen to a podcast, manage over everything else. So, um, even... Like people don't realize that they got a podcast that built into their iPhone straight away. Yeah. Like stuff like that. So we're still very early here in Australia, but the thing is you want to be kind of the main guys when yeah. Spotify start rolling. 100%, 100% dude. Um, out offers like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've mentioned before the, the recent offer for Joe Rogan and then uh, Call of Daddy is just like, it's just a, a taste of what's to come. And like, it hasn't even really hit Australia. Um, if you look at the Barstool Media, um, so what they've done, so uh, who Penn National, Penn National brought them out for five hundred million last year, but that's such a smart buy from Penn National because, like, if you look at YKTR as a whole, like collectively as a whole, how much content we actually put out, there might be a bidding agency that goes, oh, do you know what, we want to plug our ads into those guys for free. Like that's that's the way you sort of exit these types of um, business models, and and we're not we're not traditional media as well. We're not relying on um, ad revenue from sponsors and stuff because we've got commerce attached to the bottom so if you look at barstool sports a third of their money actually comes from merch we're actually building a new merch structure at the moment where at the moment if we do a pre-sale it takes about four weeks for someone to get their clothes we're going to chop that down into half pretty soon so that's going to be a big game changer for us as well uh, we'll bring in an ad revenue and then the other side of it is events so like say day 10 and a can starts to go oh we're going to do a live event down at the pub and it costs like 20 bucks for a ticket, come down and, and then there's merch and you get clipped the back off the sales and there's tickets. Like that, that's the evolution of where we're sort of going down and I've been fully transparent of all this sort of stuff and it's probably something you guys could do too. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. I, I take actually a bit of inspiration out of uh, Inside YKTR because I find, like I watch that a lot because I'm, I'm quite interested in business and I think you are quite transparent because you obviously are doing something really well, but you're quite open around when you do stuff wrong yourself and like, you, you know, and I think that's really awesome and that vulnerability um that like mentorship for you because i know you promote yourself as like some sort of mentor for, for certain people with like your you've got your consultancy agency and things like that do you utilize mentors yourself for you to help you yeah yeah i've, I've got a i've got a yeah. couple bro to be honest yeah because i imagine like each day for you as you expand a team as you you open up new branches and, and angles for yktr the banner like you're learning on the fly as well like of just you know different problems different flyers um, how, how do you work through that and, and obviously keep your head whilst managing a team and keeping that cool culture you have? Um, you got to realize that like no problems are actually unique. Like, you know, personally, when you're going through something, you're like, fuck, I'm the only person that's ever gone through this. And it's probably not the case. And um, what, what I found in business and in, in life is someone else has probably already gone through it and they've probably done a podcast on it or written a book on it. Um, but there's probably about three, three, four people that I really rely on for advice. Like if I make a big decision, um, I, I sort of go through those sort of avenues first. And a lot of times, you know, the answer for yourself, but mm. I find things with mentors and Mark Boris said to me, just to me, um, he's not one of my mentors, but I feel like I could have access to him if I needed to. Mm. He goes, mentors give you answers. They just ask you different types of questions. A, a lot of people see mentorship as, as like, like, what should I do? What should I do? But like, they go, oh, why don't you do it this way? Or no, like, here's an example. So this podcast studio here is fucking sick. Um, we've got three different setups. I was about to rent a whole new office next door and it would have cost $40,000, $45,000 and it would cost me like $25,000 to reno. And like, I had my mindset on it. And once I usually get my mindset on something, I, oh, I just go, fuck it. Like, out the way, I'm going to go get this. 
And then one of my mentors goes, is there a, like another option that you could think of that could potentially save you money? As soon as he said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just stuff like that, bro. Stuff like that. Um, yeah. I, you find comfort in people that have been through it. And like, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll like to hang around people that are smarter than me, but like mm. also calm because I'm, I'm uppity. I'm on bowed. I've got energy. Like, I don't need another dude that's like me because then we're just going to go off and do stupid shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. It seems to me like a lot of successful people really do have that cool, calming nature as well. Like, it's like, I, I can't explain it. But Very yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? But you know, what actually fascinates me about you because I, I follow you on Instagram and like a, you do document pretty much everything you do in the day. Like, I feel like I know you. It's kind of weird in a, in a way. But um, yeah. Yeah. you wake up early as fuck. <laughs> Like you have, you have half a day, half a day done accomplished before some people are eating breakfast. Why do you wake up when you do? And, and for, for reference for those that don't want to talk about, like I'm talking before 4am, uh, consistently every day, all year, this year. Um, I kind of slept in today too. So it was kind of weird. You asked. <laughs> really? I caught you out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like five o'clock. I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> That's still early, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, no. Nah, it's like, like, I don't set my alarm or anything. It's just, when my body wakes up it's not like i'm not trying to be mad or like oh, really? <laughs> i'm not just going beep, beep 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 and turn it off and like force myself up i just get i'm excited to get up at 3 30 and man I, I really enjoy that time to myself like um like one of my favorite sayings that i've sort of been on for is like go to go to bed with a clear mind and wake up with an excited soul and i feel like if you're doing the right things every single day like i go to bed and i used to sit in bed and go yeah like i'm going to bed about eight o'clock now and i just fall asleep because like i feel like i've worked hard through the day i'm not fucking anyone over i'm trying to take people with me i feel like i'm a good person you know what i mean um so i go to sleep and then i don't know seven hours after eight o'clock is like three thirty four. so i go for like a run or a walk and that's just times where like i'm not trying to time myself i'm just trying to ask myself questions and try and solve one and i'm happy okay because like this was going to lead into my next question it might be different because it's more natural for you this process but I was, I was interested to understand if, if you really feel like that impacts your day-to-day -day operation for the positive, obviously being oh, up early, oh, those, those sort of chemicals and things like that. Um, cause you get yeah, so much yeah. accomplished in a day at like ATR. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like, um, like I've never been in the position I'm at, I am right now. So like when you're scaling out staff, like I'm not used to having like four or five meetings a day, I'm used to it just being me on my own. And I found that when you start to people manage as well uh, or manage people and help them get the, through their day as well, like it takes away from yours. So like when I, when I normally get to work at about 5.30, it gives me about an hour and a half before Jackson rolls through about 7, 7.30, we go for a coffee, make a plan. And then, and then after that, it's like all on again. So it gives me time to do the things that I need to do yeah. and then sort yeah. of structure our day for everyone or structure out our week for everyone. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you a bit of a tough question now, cause it might be quite an easy answer for you, but I assume because there's been so much change, it'll be interesting to see what you say. But if you look back on the last 12 months of YKTR, what would you say has been the biggest accomplishment or the best thing you've done for the business that's really transcended the journey? I'm hiring staff. Yeah. I don't know. You just, you just get so much more shit done. Like, and like, there's a, there's a, I forgot what book it's called. It's called like people like, like I've never held a job interview. Um, I've, I've been lucky that the people that are coming to work for us are kind of being fans first and then figured out like what I've been into and kind of reverse engineered me. Jackson used to write for us for about a year and a half. Um, Scope just grinded his ass off. Caleb yeah. was like an intern. So, and like, as you start to scale out, you just want to like, what's the, oh, there's a book saying like, you want everyone on the bus. So what, what, before you even start the bus, you got to get the wrong people off the bus, the right people in the bus, in the right seats. So 
we've never really had anyone bad in here so far. Um, I'm not saying that's not going to change or, or circumstances can't change, but man, we've got the right people on the bus and we've got them in the right seats and like, I'm ready to hit that gas and, and take off. So man, it's been really important. Um, and it's kind of scary hiring staff because you're like, oh, one, can I afford it? Culture, stuff like that. But whenever I found that I've started to hire, we seem to make more money or we move into a nice office, we seem to make more money. I call it life momentum and and it's a part of, if you want to build a massive business, you need staff. So yeah. Do you do you get much contact? Do, do many young NRL players or NRL players in general reach out to you to connect and, and maybe get some advice for business or just life in general outside of sport? Surprisingly not. Um, and that's, like, that's ridiculous. And this is what I said about, like, we had an inside YKTR and I said, like, the difference between All Blacks boys and NRL boys is so far. Like, I'll, we'll get All Black boys flying over to Sydney to come have a meeting with me, like, spend money, like, even though they got money, but just take time out of their weekend, find a babysitter, bring their wife over, come sit down and have a three, four hour meeting with me. Um, is, is like, and it happens a lot more. Like, I'm probably a little bit tired of some of the All Blacks boys and I didn't even I didn't know them. <laughs> in years that are trying to start clothing businesses they go like won't even won't even mess with me because i don't know i don't know if they see me as competition or like I i've never really perceived myself as that or like i try and help everyone but they also got to realize they've got leverage right now if like if they retire in two three years i'm probably not as inclined to help yeah. them out for free yeah yeah, yeah of course and gary gary v talks about it all the time he goes well while you're a jets player i will help you yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he goes, once you leave, like, I'm not answering your call. <laughs> so, and, like, I don't think I'm as ruthless as that. But, man, if there's a sports player out there right now, and if I'm perceived to be the guy that can uh, merge the entrepreneurship and business with the athlete, which Americans do really, really well, and I'll definitely help out. But maybe maybe guys like Kalen and Connor Watson, like, they're probably the two guys that, like, sort of reach out and, and ask questions and text. If they come down here for a day or two, I could restructure the whole business and I could, like... You know what I mean? It'd be like, it'd be like a bit of a boot camp. I'm like, the, those guys got the attention. They just need a bit of structure. Yeah, yeah. And then my favorite team, like Newcastle is my favorite team. So like, of course, I'm going to help those guys. Out. <laughs> yeah, strike while the iron's hot. Because I, I have a view that like most athletes, especially in Australia, because I'm not going to say Australia, we get paid like the American sports or the European sports where you can potentially live off it, right? But I, I have this feeling, and, and it was by, my biggest regret, obviously, when I was playing professional sport, was not running a business whilst I was playing. Because, like, you have a fuckload of time, man. Like, and you're making good income. Like, you have so much time as a pro athlete, like, downtime. Do you, would you, like, if you were speaking to a young NRL player now, what would be your advice for them to set themselves up outside of footy? Um, obviously, the ultimate leverage is playing good football. Like, I wouldn't never go away from that, but I would personal brand, like, with the vlogs, with the podcasts, with with the type of stuff that we're doing right now because like you build a personal brand and you're not just associated as a football player, you're associated as a human, you're associated as someone that loves, um, who gives back to the fans as well. And off the back of that, you actually get product deals and brand deals a lot easier. Once you've got attention, you can, you can add a product later. And a lot of people are going to go towards clothes and stuff like that. Cause like in league, we just copy, like we all dress the same. We all talk the same. Like yeah. talk to the same girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got the same plays. So like it's it's kind of like a copy and paste style industry. So a lot of people will see YKTR, like, oh, I could do that too, which they probably can. I feel like the next play isn't the clothes play. It isn't I think alcohol is a good one. It's pretty interesting because it's got a lot of upside to it as well. But mm. there's gonna be something else after that 
whether it's NFTs or cryptocurrency or they build the platform that um, hosts all that sort of stuff, like that's got to be the next play because you, you're sort of diving into this white space over here. It's not like, oh shit, like another footy player with the clothing brand. Because when we done it, like no one was really doing it. Not a level we were doing, like we were laughed at for starting clothes, vlogs, podcasts, all this sort of stuff. But it's just kind of the way in, and, and probably the bare minimum of what you have to do now to get attention. Yeah, now I mean, now it's the trend in, in some regards. The more players document, like the the more exciting it is for fans, and the more reach now. Um, I think it's normal. It's normalized. Probably when we were playing, I don't think it was normal to really document. It was criticized. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got, a, I've got an idea. I've, I've got an idea that like. I don't think anyone will think of it and it's not super original but i think it'll really work with like the all blacks boys and stuff like that so um yeah i might launch that pretty soon oh awesome um yeah just a couple more to shoot at you man because uh, your emphasis on self-education's uh really interesting you mentioned like crypt- cryptocurrency before which i'm into as well but like you i assume you self-educate on that but um particularly like is there anyone i know we've mentioned gary v a few times but is anyone's like consistently that you watch or, or try and learn from that really help you broaden your horizons from, from a knowledge perspective? In crypto? Nah, or just in general. Ge- general, general, yeah, bro. Um, no, nah, I'm very, uh, Gary V. I've read a lot of books. Um, like I've, I'm sitting on about 140, 150 books in my lifetime. So there's, wow. there's a quite knowledge there, but I'm just at the point now, bro. It's just like, fuck, like I've, I've got the skill sets. I just need to go in and learn. You know what I mean? I, I, I just need time on the football field. And this is what I see this as like, Last year and a half, like I still listen to audiobooks and a little bit of reading uh, podcasts here and there, but your best lessons come from actually being on the field. Like Cameron Smith learned his lessons from being on the field and being in high pressure situations and, and winning comps and stuff like that. So your best education always comes through that because books and that is going to give you motivation, like motivation for a little bit and you can learn from other people's lessons, but there's only so there's lessons you have to go through to understand them. Like heartbreak's one of them. Getting cheated on is another one. You can read about that shit, bro, but when, when you actually go for it and, and you feel that knife in your heart or that feeling in your stomach, then you can't you can't read about that stuff. Hey, I'm in that spot now where I just need time on the field. I, I need to learn my lessons and and um, learn about my failures on my own and um, hopefully it doesn't sink me. And I can... Yeah, bro. Well, it's kind of like travel. It's like you can read about the destinations, but until you're there, it's, oh, it's, a, it's a real thing, yeah. you know? Um, I'm interested to know what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given either across sport or business? Uh, I don't know. Cause I kind of just like, cause you give great advice. That's why I ask you, like you give great advice. Like you don't probably, you probably realize it, but like when you speak a sentence or you you have a comment, there's a, there's like a dime in there that, that like I take away, I'm like, Oh shit. You know? So I assume you, you get that backwards. This is my thing. It's like um, the I measure success and like people see success in so many different ways and happiness in so many different ways. I just see success as like that first five seconds in the morning. And the, bro, that's how I measure my whole life. Everything I do is tailored towards that. Like I'll get like, I'm getting money coming in at the moment, um, getting bonuses and stuff like that. I've got multiple streams of revenue, but like none of that really makes me that much happier. I, I never talk bad about money and money's a wonderful thing and you can grow and I'm into all that sort of shit, but like it doesn't make me feel any better. Yeah. So for me, I like, I'll start putting myself in situations that make me feel better and giving back makes me feel better. And man, I used to read about this stuff in books and stuff all the time. And I was like, nah, that's not it. Like when you start giving stuff away or, or start giving away oppo- or start providing opportunities for people and they like look in your eye and they say, thank you. And man, that, that makes me feel good. And I just want to be in a position where I can uh, make those happen daily. Yeah, man. Just to touch on that, because I feel like a, a perfect example of that is when you brought Simi on full time and like that process, like that must be 
probably more fulfilling than some of the success you actually have from a revenue point of view, like seeing, seeing that, like, oh, yeah, that was dope, bro. Like how you did that, the way you caught that uh, image with his, with his girls sort of telling him like he's, he's, he's yeah. hired now. Yeah, that's cool. And like, they, they used to do that stuff in sports, like when a debut would come. <laughs> yeah, well, bro. Well, yeah. And I always, that's probably a lesson I learned from sport. Like, um, you just want, you just want people to know that you care. And even though you might ride him, especially Simi, like I, I ride him probably, he deserves to get ridden. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, bro, like I'm like, I'm trying, I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm just trying to help you. And I think with stuff like that, he sort of understands that like, I care about him. I'm in this corner. I trust him and I try to do that with everyone. Just a, a few quick tips before we round out, bro. Uh, who's your tip for Origin and, and also to take out the NRL this year, if you, if you could go for one? Origin's already done. Obviously, the boys have got yeah. through. But, um, man, I, I just see that Pen, Penrith-Melbourne final. Yeah. Um, Do you think that's going to be a, a revis? I mean, that's the yeah. logical choice. But, like, Penrith this year have gone up a gear, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's the rematch. And to be honest, I think Melbourne can actually get them as well. They've just got, they've just got like, there's probably the one team that match up with them evenly. And yeah. I, know, I know they've been in form and Nathan Clary's sort of the guy right now. But man, when you get on that big stage and you've got a history of losing one, like you don't want to lose two in a row because then you start to get no one that's chokers. Does that sit in their mind? Um, Melbourne are just proven, man. And I think, I think that's going to be our next little battle for the next couple of years. The sort of the, the Golden State versus Cavs, maybe three out of the next five grand finals will be based around those two teams, in my opinion. Amazing, bro. Uh, I can't thank you enough for giving us your time, man. Like, been super insightful. As I said, massive fan of the YKTR and YKTR sports journey. Um, been a pleasure, bro. Would love to reach out one time, catch up for a coffee, man, and learn more about you and, and, and obviously how I can grow this platform too. So, um, yeah, awesome, thank, thanks so much for your time. Pleasure, bro. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details.